0: There. I'm Francoise von Trapp, and this is the 3D Insights Podcast. Now, I have to admit, I have this condition that we in the United States called FOMO. It means fear of missing out. And last week, when I was not at Semicon Europa for the second time in two years, but many of our 3D Insights community members and other industry friends were there and I had to watch it all play out in photos on LinkedIn. I had it bad. So I decided to do something we've never done before on the podcast and who knows, depending on how it goes, we may never do it again, but I invited a bunch of people who did attend Semicon Europa to join me in a roundtable discussion to tell me what I missed. So we will see how it goes and note that this is unedited. Welcome, everybody. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) Great to see you all. Um, I'm just going to say who's here, and I'm going to give you a little opportunity to talk about yourselves. Um, I have Sally Ann Henry and Jim Strauss, both from ACM Research. I have Sophia Oldaida from ERS Electronique. I have Thomas Orman from EV Group. I have Sylvia Popa from Autotech. Why don't we start with, um, we'll go around the room and you just um, tell us a little bit of what you do at your companies. Um, Sally-Ann, I'll start with you.
1: Thank you for inviting us to this uh, podcast today. My name is Sally-Ann Henry. I'm based in Philok, Austria, and I'm responsible for sales in Europe
2: for ACM research.
0: Okay. And Jim?
2: Uh, my name is Jim Strauss. I'm the uh, head of sales for North America and Europe for uh, ACM Research. Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon. Last week was really the first time I've ever been to Semicon Europa, uh, but I have been to Semicon uh, West, I'm going to say, 30 times in my life. So um, it was a different experience, but uh, one that I really enjoyed.
3: Okay.
0: And uh, Thomas?
3: Hi, my name is Thomas Norman. I'm heading business development for EV Group in that role overlooking traditional markets, the diversification in the markets, but they are basically developing also the product marketing area of EVG. Um, Also, by myself, I'm, I'm heading a market which is called 3D integration, heterogeneous integration and advanced packaging. And yeah, with that hat on, um, I was participating in Semicon Europa last week. Um, besides a couple of technical sessions and good discussions after the pandemic or mid-in the pandemic, I have to say, in in uh, Europe, uh, we also were on a panel session, which was very well received. And yeah, overall, very good experience at Semicon Europa last week.
0: Okay. Sylvia.
4: My name is Sylvia Popper. I'm with Atotech a company which is uh, based in Berlin and Germany, and uh, I'm here in Munich. I'm uh, working in Autotech as business manager for the Semiconductor Product Portfolio, for um, the Central European region. Um, My company had a booth at uh, Semicon, Productronica, which I very well appreciated, but also um, several colleagues were holding presentations at Semicon, for example, like our R&D manager presented at the Advanced Packaging Forum. And I was so happy that Productronica Semicon took place and that there were quite some visitors coming.
0: Okay. And sorry, Sophia,
5: go ahead. Uh, yes, sorry. Uh, okay. I'm Sophia Oleda. I'm the PR and market manager at ERS. So I, me and my team have been very heavily involved in uh, in planning and preparing for Semicon Europa. It was uh, great to see it all come to fruition last week. Um, and yeah, I share everyone's sentiments. It was, a, it was great that
0: it took place. Um, and yeah, we had a, a really great time. Okay, so now I have even worse FOMO. Of all of the shows and events that I attend throughout the year, uh, semi and other organizations, Semicon Europa really is my favorite. With Semicon West just a few weeks away and so much to do for that, would made the difficult decision to not attend. So fill me in. Um, so how did it feel to be back? You know, you said you said it was a good experience, but let's let's ex- let's let's expand on that a little bit. How did mm-hmm. it really feel to be back?
4: It was, it was so great that Semicon took place because it was cancelled last year and uh, with all the situation, we had very little contact, very little personal contact, very little personal conversation. All the communication went through Zoom teams and so on. And uh, so we were really excited and looking forward um, to have this first face-to-face and personal event. <clears throat> and... Uh, Um, I was a little bit afraid because just about one and a half, uh, about two weeks before the show started, the bad news coming in more and more about this corona situation worsening. And everybody was a little bit concerned about Semicon. And just a few days before Semicon were a new regulation that only people who are vaccinated or recovered are allowed to attend the show. Um, and everybody was really nervous, but I have to say when I went there, they really did proper control at the entrance with your passport. Um, and uh, um, also, everybody really respected the rules like wearing face masks, keeping your distance. And uh, um, when I saw this, I, I really was not not nervous anymore. And I appreciated about everybody who came. Uh, um, to Semicon who saw us. Of course, I had some short-term consolation of meetings, but still there were a lot of people coming and everybody who was there, either customers, um, suppliers, or people who were presented at the forums, at the um, conferences, everybody, you felt everybody was so happy about this personal um, event, personal meeting, and about the personal conversations. Okay. Anybody else?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I also had FOMO, but I went there. <laughs> so <laughs> in the end of the day, no problem. Um, it was it was actually so. From the, the spirit, was really nice and semi I can fully agree with Silvia because in the end of the day, everybody was eager. You really felt, you know, everybody was kind of this you know was eager to to network again to talk mm-hmm. to people to get new inputs to get out of uh, either home office or basically the 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 zoom meetings and i think it's really something really looking forward that this pandemic situation is over because you know you can do so much with uh, with uh, teams and zoom and it will change our our uh, how we are working definitely in a in a very positive way to that we can do a couple of meetings from home, but in the end of the day, the personal contacts with customers, with partners, with other companies—it's so worth it to go there and to and to actually attend it, attend the show. Yeah,
0: Jim, you actually—you're the sole person here that actually attended from the U.S. How was what was the travel like, and 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 should I should I have just braved it?
2: <laughs> yeah, travel was uh, travel was easy. Um, it was no big deal. Um, you, didn't, you didn't miss out on anything as far as the travel is concerned, but you also, um, you, there were really no challenges. Other than having to wear the mask on the um, 12-hour flight from San Francisco to Munich, uh, which is a little bit painful. Yeah. Um, it really wasn't bad at all. Um, getting in and out of Semicon Europa, if you showed up at the wrong time of day, that was a little bit challenging, yeah. Because you know everybody had to go through and um, present their COVID, whatever, right. to prove what they were or weren't, um, and the line was very long. If you showed up at uh, you know eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning as they're opening up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably the only uh, logistical challenge I, I would say. Uh, the rest of it was piece of cake.
0: Yeah, I saw Sally Ann's video on LinkedIn, and and that looked a little that looked a little daunting. I guess was it did did you feel like was it a little nerve wracking because everybody was in such close contact, or did you kind of feel like um,
2: well you know, at least the, I know the,
0: everybody's vaccinated though. Yeah, and the
2: the lines were outside, mm-hmm, so okay. I didn't it didn't feel um, bad to me. It was just a long wait, mm-hmm. so.
1: I arrived that first morning when everybody was standing inside at quarter to nine. We wouldn't let the exhibitors in. Everybody was pushing because they're saying, I'm an exhibitor. I need to get in. Well, we were all exhibitors, so nobody was going anywhere. And we were, you were not two meters or a meter and a half apart. You were two inches from somebody in front of you so it really felt a bit nerve-wracking there like okay uh you've been vaccinated but you know you can still be asymptomatic and Mm. still have it so that was probably the most worrisome thing i think as everybody else has said i mean once you were in in the in the hall you could move around very easily you could go and talk to people which was great to actually see people you haven't seen for two years to have discussions find out not just what's going on, but what's going on in other companies. Because um, people are not going to tell you that in a Zoom call, but, you know, over a glass of wine or a beer, well, you right. get a lot of information. Right. Having, said, having said that, there wasn't the same, so uh, uh, I say, wine drinking or... Uh, Weren't
0: the booth parties? They did, did, Well, there did were they... some small
1: booth parties, but not big ones, Um You know, you can still get some wine and beer, but normally Technique is a huge party. Mm -hmm. Um, That did not happen this year. Um, So there was a lot of things uh,
0: not quite as it is normally
1: at a a Semicon Europa.
0: But for what they had to work with, yeah, we get to consider coming back. Now, Sophia, you have actually been planning events all year long and have had ERS has participated in Semicon China. Both yes, two, two Semicon Chinas now? Uh, yes, I get no one so far. One, no, one, two.
5: That's true. That's two. true. 2020 and 2021.
0: So your team has experienced some live events before this. Did, did they, did anybody say anything about how Europa compared with their experience? Or you didn't have the same people, so?
5: No, not the same people. I We were lucky enough to have a, an office in China where we have a team who were able to represent us at the Semicon there. But for Europe, we have a completely different team. I mean, um, uh, we the the China team wasn't even able to travel to to Europe to attend, and vice versa. So we had completely different experiences. And uh, but I, I do think that that uh, Semicon Europe was was, as everyone else has said, uh, a really a, a good event, despite some chaos in the at the entrance. Um, I think that they managed the logistics. The final two days, it got a lot better. From my mm-hmm. perspective and i also think that people were really so excited to finally meet so excited to finally talk to each other that um, despite the the corona despite the 2g and, and 3g rules they were yeah they were willing to show up um, and we had a lot of internationals come to our booth as well so so we had people from the us with people from israel from the uk um, so it really wasn't limited to you know
0: to local companies Okay. In our experience. Okay. Um, So, Thomas, can you talk a little bit about um, the programs?
3: Right. So, unfortunately, when you look through the programs, they were kind of reduced, right? So, I think everybody was a little bit uneasy. How many people would come also from the advanced packaging conference? Normally, that's uh, more extended. Um, Mm -hmm. But still, I think that they, they put together a really good program, Um, especially also with TSMC as a keynote speaker, which was uh, quite an interesting talk and quite an interesting perspective. Um, Other than that, I think that, um, yeah, you you felt it a little bit on the show show floor that it was reduced. There were many no-shows from the booths. So also the the forums, they were kind of a little bit, you know, normally it's a tight space and you Mm -hmm. you get it around and everything feels, yeah, well-attended, full, booked out. Uh, this time it was not, right? So there were a couple of empty spaces and they, they basically filled up the holes back to the front. In the back, mm-hmm. there was always some free space, which was a little bit odd, but I think that um, with uh, respect uh, what they could do, they did the best, uh, best possible. Um, from the programs itself, um, you felt really that there was less attendance uh, mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, of visitors or there were also many visitors that... Actually we're looking more for networking rather than sitting in a in a conference. I think uh, that was that was a little bit more my feeling. Because conferences yeah. were many, there were a lot of virtual conferences in the right. over the pandemic, right? So there was a saturation in conferences. So right. same for me. I you know, when I had the chance in Semicon Europe to talk to customers, talk to to other companies, I... Uh, it was much better to do that than sitting and in, 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 in listening to talks from that respect. And
0: That's that, really interesting because I kind of had that experience at IMAPS where I just wanted to be there talking to the people and I did go into the keynotes, but also knowing that the content was available online afterwards. Um, is, is Semicon Europa a hybrid? Was it a hybrid event? Do they have the content available online if people want to go and and um, you know watch so the keynotes?
3: To my to my understanding, I think that it will make the slides available later for, for okay. some parts, but I didn't see that it wasn't hybrid. But I also have to admit that I didn't really look because I decided to go there. Yeah. But I think it was the first time that it was no hybrid.
0: Okay, because Semicon West will be hybrid event. Um and I think that's I think we're gonna see a lot of that there too. Um people do wanna you know crave reconnecting in person. And that is, and and that's what was missing, right. From all the virtual events was even though that they made it possible to have virtual booths, you Mm -hmm. didn't have that personal connection that you get when you are actually at a show. Mm -hmm. Um, did anyone attend the keynotes at all? Um, to talk about, you know, what were some of the key, what, what, what was the big topic and what, and, and were people actually, did you talk to anybody if you didn't attend, did you talk to anybody who did attend and what were the key topics? What were the big conversations that people were talking about?
4: Well, um, actually there was a session at the, at the beginning. Um, I think it was called executive session or so, and uh, they had quite some high-level speakers um, at that session, which was very interesting. Uh, interesting for example, um, Mrs. Helichka from Infine and Villach um, um, is, was joining and was presenting and uh, quite some other companies and, and market um, um, researches And uh, they were talking especially about Europe. I mean, it is Semicon Europe. And uh, you, well, we in Europe, um, taking care about European market, we wanna know where Europe goes to. And uh, the uh, semiconductor industry was a bit, let's say, quiet for a while. But then a few years ago, investment started, which gave quite a momentum to the industry. And with the COVID situation, it was so interesting. Mrs. Herlichka mentioned no marketing department could have done such a good job in making the semiconductor so known and so popular in the whole world um, and uh, could have made such an advertisement. (laughs) Everyone knows and and we realize um, also that what we do Goes into everywhere of our daily life. Yeah. So what is what is the contribution in Europe? Well, the the, the chip shortage and the COVID crisis. So the the um, upturning market um, from COVID had also an effect to Europe, and uh, quite some companies um, increased their investment. There were also recent announcements. Others accelerated their investments, and that gave a momentum to the, to the whole. Let's say semi. Conduct a community um, in in the industry, but on the other hand, when you look at numbers, like um, about ten percent of the chips are currently produced in Europe, and these are um, let's say a little bit different technology also than the mask market. So in Europe, we don't have that super advanced technologies, uh, which single nanometer <laughs> nodes, um, and um, Also, um, we produce about 10% of the market demand. On the other hand, Europe uses about 20% of the global market demand. And if you look on, um, well, the investments in Europe are currently huge compared. But if you look into other areas of the world, if you look what's going on now in Arizona, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And and, in the desert, the Silicon Desert, (laughs) desert, we don't have a lot of water. We have water (laughs) in some areas. Really good Uh, mountain water. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you can. Uh, Maybe you should
0: consider yourselves lucky because the um, there's going to be lot, very large, lots of very large compounds for. I mean TSMC has already bro- broken ground. Um, I think Intel has already broken ground. So it'll be a very interesting inter- it'll be a very interesting place to be for a while.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, so the so question well. is, where will Europe go? And everybody is kind of um very keen on finding out will Intel come? When will Intel come? And where in Europe yeah. will Intel go?
2: Because- <laughs>
4: Because what Intel is doing is a complete different world to to what is now being done in Europe, I would say, like this way. So um, it was really a positive momentum that we are right now in the right industry. Mm -hmm. Um, we, We still have a job here. We have a lot of things to do. And every supplier says... It's a crazy time. We have so much to do with, uh, with the um, upturn in the industry, but also with the current challenges in the industry, with the supply topics. Um, and uh, um, everybody at the same time was so positive about what's going at the moment on in the semiconductor industry. And there are a lot of programs that have been started. Like the EU has a program to subvention innovations. And then there is another program for um, looking for talents, which is a topic everywhere globally in the semiconductor industry, but also train people, find people um, and educate people um, to our very special industry. And this is something um, when you're always busy with your daily work. Um, to hear about uh, what is um, uh, going on 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 a broader um, perspective, it, it's good to know that uh, everybody works on a on a long term future in our industry.
0: So, for those of you who is also going, you know, this is the beginning of the marathon, right? Um, Semicon Europa, and then we've got Semicon West, and then we've got Semicon Japan, and then Semicon Taiwan all before the end of the year. So how is that all impacting those of you who travel? Um, Sophia, I think that probably impacts you because you're in charge of planning all of those for ERS, correct?
5: Yes. um, Actually, we have, uh, for Semicon West, we we do have a sales office in Dallas. So... um, our sales and marketing director there will be attending um, the, the virtual uh, Semicon West. Um, and for Semicon Japan, we've actually chosen um, not to attend this year mm-hmm. um, because we unfortunately don't have anyone who are available to travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as far as I know, I think the, the entry is still uh, closed for non-Japanese citizens. Okay so um, but for Taiwan we do we will be there at the end of the year. We have um, a service field service engineer who will be representing us together with our sales partner there uh, Click and MPI Corporation. So we're trying to find kind of people that are able to travel uh, where where the semicons are, where the events are. But uh, and we're lucky to have such an international team because otherwise it wouldn't work at all. But uh, it, we're we're also finding it quite difficult in in the in this uh, pandemic
0: situation yeah. to yeah to be available. And who else is going to be at Semicon West?
2: So my schedule. Uh... May or may not allow me to go to Semicon West. We are not going to have a booth uh, at Semicon West. Um, basically, we just decided that uh, there are too many competing activities going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah, as you were talking about, I, yeah. everybody's busy right now. So right,
0: and there's going to be everybody's. I th- I do hear <laughs> from people that they're ramping up for Semicon West in July. I will definitely be there, and I hope some of you will be there. And um, Thomas, I know you personally won't be there.
3: No, I think so. For this uh, semi-conquest, I will still skip it. Um, I mean, the next year in July, I think it's a different story because yeah. so what we are really expecting is that after after winter, so starting with springtime, I hope that we are we are uh, past the peak that we are that we are rising up uh, right now in Europe. So especially also from our perspective, right? So uh, news are changing each time. So yeah. I, I personally don't plan to go to the U.S. right now. But in the end of the day, um, I think that uh, that they found a really good format to have also a hybrid uh, SemiCon um, where they basically can also play the international audience because in the end of the day, SemiCon West still is one of the lighthouse shows, right? So mm-hmm. for semi-events, I mean... It was always one of the prime events for, from semicon, and I think that virtual events, they worked out pretty well also for Semicon Taiwan, for example, in the last years, right? So, where, for example, uh, even when you had as a, as a foreign speaker, you had a speaking slot, they were basically either playing the video or you could do uh, a live presentation, if you were just playing the video, we're still online, and they—you had the possibility to connect with the with the uh, local listeners to your presentation. They could actually ask a question, and on the air you could answer them. So that worked out really well, and I think that format—that format—is really worth it right now.
0: One last question, Jim. Did did you have to get a um, have a positive or negative test to get back into the United States?
3: Yes. And yes. what about
0: to get in? Did you fly through London?
2: Uh, no, I flew directly from San Francisco to ah, Munich. okay. And did you uh, so have to Munich, have a negative San test? San Francisco to Munich, I didn't have to have a test. All I had to do was prove that I was vaccinated. Okay. Coming back into the U.S., I had to have a negative test within 72 hours. So okay. um, that was uh, that was the rule.
0: Was that um, tricky to find?
2: And they actually had a place set up at Semicon Europa where you could go get your tests. So it was very convenient.
0: Genius, genius. Okay, Okay. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining me today and giving us a little glimpse of of what I missed. I'm hoping to see either some of you or some of your colleagues in a few weeks at Semicon West. And um, next year, pinky promise, I will be there. There's lots more to come. So tune in next time on the 3D Insights Podcast.